Our good friends at Johnio welcome you to this episode. Now, the iconic Johnio clothing brand logo of the surfer and his longboard first caught my eye several years ago, but it's the signature Johnio style where West Coast meets East Coast prep that truly changed the game for me, and I've been wearing Johnio ever since. And now our listeners can use promo code RICHTAKE at checkout for 20% off your first order at johnny-o.com. That's 20% off the regular price. Price at johnny-o.com. Use the promo code RICHTAKE at checkout for 20% off your first order. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted built and inspired by the role of sports in their lives here's your host richmond weaver this is episode 115 thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen influences in life can come in many ways and often those influences can impact your career as our guest max lepselter He experienced those influences firsthand throughout his childhood in the sports representation industry from his dad, Mark Lepselter, founder of Max Sports and Entertainment. He quickly learned that this would be a career path of his own while merging all that he experienced and learned growing up in the business and the ever-evolving landscape of sports representation and marketing activations. After gaining valuable experience with companies like Today's Athletes and CBR Media, Max would take that leap of founding his own agency, Max Management, in 2018 as a full-service, off-the-field firm that focuses on business management, endorsements, marketing, and PR. Here's episode 115 with Max Lepselter. Max, thank you so much, man. I greatly appreciate you letting me come harass you. My pleasure. Thank you for coming. I know, I know you came to New York, to New Jersey. I appreciate it. Seriously, no, it, I do. It has been a whirlwind type of journey, but that's what we all have. We all have these journeys, right? Of course. Absolutely. And so I appreciate just the opportunity of sitting down and hearing a little bit more about your journey and what you're building with your agency. But mm-hmm. I want to go back, though. Absolutely. Let's go back to growing up. Start. And... Why sports became so important to you and how? You know, a few different ways, obviously, playing sports growing up like most guys do. Uh, I played all different from basketball, hockey, football, soccer, baseball. Um, Obviously, some you're better than others at. But more importantly to me, I think, uh, you know, what's very unique in my situation, I grew up in this sports representation industry. My father was a agent for about on the football side and on the marketing side for about 12 years, started off in the late 90s. And his situation was also very unique. Um, you know, he, he was great at marketing, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that he was really looking to do on the sports representation side. An organic opportunity of managing Lawrence Taylor Sports Bar in the late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s, <laughs> okay. is what opened his door. Uh, his first well, that's ma- a unique opportunity. Very, very. And his first major opportunity was getting Lawrence into any given Sunday. Uh, the motion picture with Al Pacino, Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of what jump-started his career. Uh, then started representing Tiki and Rondé Barber, uh, you know, who were both perennial pro bowlers for the New York Giants and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Uh, so for me, kind of growing up around that and being, you know, when you're in middle school and high school and uh, being from northern New Jersey, right, and, and being a Giants fan by nature, and then having somebody who's essentially like family to you as he was, Tiki Barber was the New York Giants in the early 2000s. He was the face of the team. He was a, uh, like we said, a perennial all-pro caliber running back uh, during his final tenure with the Giants. And, you know, me being such a football guy by nature, and seeing that, that's, uh, it absolutely was a, a big reason why I wanted to get involved in this industry, along with, you know, being, uh, being a younger kid and going to Pro Bowls in Hawaii and, and sitting with your favorite players and kind of just experiencing those differentiated opportunities that most kids would never get to experience in their wildest dreams. I know. So it seems to me then that, I mean, this is the only life you've ever known. Correct. It's it's crazy. It's uh, it's something that any of my friends, family, they always knew me specifically. I was going to be in this industry. I have a younger brother and sister, both uh, different interests. You know, my sister is uh, working her way on the PR side of things and figuring out her way. And my brother uh, on the real estate side. But anybody who knew me personally always knew that hey, he's going to end up in the sports representation industry. Now, are they big sports fans as well? Absolutely. You know, again, just being around that, I think it's something that you just uh, organically grow into. But my brother, my brother and I are very close and, you know, he, he's definitely a big sports fan, but it was never a, a passion of his to want to get into this business. Whereas for me, not from a career standpoint, not from a career standpoint. Correct. Now, was the whole family Giants fans? Yeah, you know, my my father in trouble if you No, no, no. It, it was lucky, I think. For the Giants. Correct. You know, my dad grew up in Paramus, New Jersey, and for him, uh, he was just a huge sports fan by nature. Uh, I I think for him, you know, once he once this became his career, I don't think he cared so much about the teams, and I think that's something for me as well and, you know, representing X amount of guys in the NFL you don't, you follow all them and you root for all their teams. You know, sometimes you have, uh, you got a client playing your favorite team and it's a unique situation, but from a standpoint, we were all, uh, we all had similar interests when it came to like the teams in the New York, New Jersey area from the, uh, you know, the Rangers to the Giants to the Yankees. Um, and the, on the basketball side, it was unique because I was kind of a Nets fan, uh, I know no, that's odd. The JK, <laughs> they were the New Jersey Nets at that's the time. Right. Continental Arena, right by uh, you know MetLife Stadium. So uh, we we all had similar passions when it came to the uh, the team perspective. Yeah. Well, from the New Jersey Nets side, when I was assistant coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University, which is still crazy, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so the worlds come together from that side of things, uh, and life comes full circle. But I also had to supplement my income. Of course. And so I did ticket sales for the New Jersey Nets. Really? And I can't tell you, I sold a lot of White Castle family night ticket packages. I love it. I love it. I love it. That was a big opportunity so I know, back then. I, I know that uh, arena very well. It was well a big opportunity the back then. Absolutely. That, that's right. But I also know that in New Jersey, you're, the allegiances, it's either one or the other. You can't waffle between the different teams. You better pick it's one tough. side, and it's that's tough. it. A lot of people have opinions if you do waffle in between. it's it, The Giants have more or less run New York sports for on the football side of things for, I mean, at least as far as I can remember, and paying attention to it. And I think that's also why people in New York are kind of excited about the Jets right now. You know, the Giants have um, a lot of, we'll say, adversity uh, and a lot of, 
uh, different things I think they're going through in a roster rebuild and kind of shaking certain things up. And I think for the Jets, you know, having some of these young, talented players that are very exciting and, you know, having finally some real pieces to the puzzle where, you know, they can go win not eight, nine, 10, 11 games and kind of shake it up in terms of how, uh, how people view New York football. No, there's some, definitely some excitement for the Jets. No question. Uh, I mean, new regime, everything. Mm-hmm. It's all whole different, it. whole different dynamic. Now, what about baseball? Were you a baseball fan? To be honest, it's funny. I, I got a lot of very good friends who are big baseball fans. I personally, it was just never something I truly, truly got into. Of course, I've, I've watched the Yankees my whole life. You know, I was a big Derek Jeter fan growing up. You know, when A-Rod was playing, I was a big fan. Uh, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, you know, David... David Cohn, all the, uh, you know, all the late 90s, early 2000s guys as a kid. But as I really started to gravitate more towards football and basketball and e- even hockey, hockey from a standpoint, just a great sport to watch from a, a when it's spectator. Live, when it's, it's live, it's amazing. phenomenal. Um, and that's been something I've always paid attention to. But football and basketball have just been the bread and butter for me. And, um, you know, even it goes full circle from a family perspective. My future brother-in-law played in the AHL for uh, nine, or nine to ten years my other future brother-in-law on the younger side has played uh, for Don Bosco. He's one of the top prospects in the country on the defensive side for hockey. So, um, you know, been they've been like family for over eight, nine years now. So to me, kind of just having all these different allegiances internally, I, I've baseball has just kind of been on the back burner <laughs> compared shifted. to everything else. Correct. Now, what about as you're in a sports agency, mm-hmm. you talk about the fan and you know how things kind of shift so can you even be a fan now yes and no yes and no i think it's more so you know fortunately i do have a few clients on the new york giants which has definitely helped out and for the better part of my career being in this business i've had clients on there so i've been able to still pay attention and keep up with it but also, you know, as a fan and a football guy by nature and being in the business, I try and be very realistic in terms of my view on certain teams, certain players. Um, obviously, you can't be as vocal because of certain situations. That's right. But there's definitely, I definitely remained a fan. And even even aside from, you know, the guys I represent who are all, a lot of them are very, very, you know, well-known players, guys, all my clients are, you know, really... Uh, really intricate parts of their teams, but at the same time, I've still remained fans of other players too. And I I respect talent. And I think for me, again, being so um, observing to what the NFL uh, talent-wise has produced over the last five to eight years, seeing guys like obviously we know what Tom Brady has done from overall greatness, but I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. And I respect the hell out of, from a t- uh, sheer talent standpoint, the way he plays the quarterback position when healthy is remarkable. Seeing guys like even the – I can name a dozen wide receivers in today's game that are just like athletically like, wow, what DeAndre Hopkins can do with his hands, what Odell Beckham does you know, in a single game-changing moment. Uh, Antonio Brown, Julio, A.J. Green, and then even the running backs and the versatility. And that's why even, uh, even though he was um, – you know, like family, he was my father's client. That's why I respected Tiki's game so much as a kid because he was so versatile. And he was a big reason why a lot of these running, you know, he, what Le'Veon Bell does is similar to what Tiki did back in the day. 
his vision on the field, how he hit, how he can hit a hole, his versatility from pass catching. You know, Tiki averaged 50, 60 catches, 500, 600 yards a season uh, in the last four years of his career. He averaged 2,000 yards uh, from scrimmage annually for four years. It's never been done before. He has the second highest uh, most, I'm sorry, the second most yards from scrimmage uh, aside from Marshall Falk in a single season back in 2005. So I've always really paid attention to, to talent. And I think that's something even though being in the business and not being able to really root directly for a team, I still love seeing guys do their thing on the field. You talk about Tiki Barber. He's got to be one of the most underrated running Absolutely. backs we've seen in the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, he was on the forefront of what some of these guys are doing Absolutely. You know, today. So do you miss being a true fan now? Sometimes I do, but I, you know, a lot of times when I'm not on the road traveling uh, to see clients, I still try and get to as many Giants games as I can. Um, you know, again, it works out that I do have clients there, but it definitely just from a standpoint of a fan, just being able to cheer your team, you know, your hometown team, it's uh, that I do miss a little bit. How long did it take for you to get to a point where you were okay not cheering? I think once I kind of really saw this, you know, the trajectory of what my career could be and, you know, what I was doing in the industry and, you know, saying, you know what, I, I'm getting, I get to work in the industry that I love most and, you know, being such a big NFL fan. Um, you know, college football is incredible. One thing is I've never gotten as much into college as I do the NFL. Of course, from a, a standpoint of my profession, I have to pay attention to it. But the NFL to me was always the bread and butter. That was always my favorite. <laughs> Sundays all day long, Monday night football all day long. So I think when I kind of really started to see um, where things were moving, I said, okay, you know what? I can uh, I could swallow the pill of not being able to just be a diehard Giants fan and you know just be a general fan of football and talent and uh, you know observe from that standpoint. So how early on was it that you knew you wanted a career in sports and doing? Maybe not exactly what your dad was doing, but some, right. something similar. I think it was probably, I would say it was probably a, a late, even as crazy as it sounds, elementary school and seeing some of that stuff um, and seeing what that entailed. But then obviously yeah, you grow up a little more. You become a little more cognizant of the parameters and the logistics around you and you know the different pieces, resources that were coming into play that I was growing up around and seeing the sort of people that I was being accustomed to being around. And I think by the time I was in middle school, if not, uh, you know, late middle school, early high school, um, you know, experiencing, like I said, going to these Pro Bowls and, and seeing what that was like and being around these players and, you know, watching my father cultivate business relationships with athletes, with brands, with, you know, with the internal personnel, just kind of seeing that dynamic. I'm like, yeah, this, this is all me. This is all me. I, I, my attributes, I know how to talk. Um, I know how to sell and being able to really understand the market and understand the, the NFL as a whole and have those kind of attributes, I think has been a big reason why I've, I've always had that passion. And how did your dad view it? Did he, I guess, you know, encourage you to have a career in this or did he give you advice 
Absolutely. Uh, as far you know, as he's, let's make sure. Of course, this make is sure this is what you want to do, and you understand what you're getting into. No question. And you know, I think that's been a really positive part of where things are now is having him as a mentor, but not a boss, and not you know, obviously, uh, we I've worked with him not only on various clients now that he represents that I assist on or vice versa, but more so the fact that I'm able to learn from him and lean on him, but not have to do it in a way where he's got to carry me, shoulder a load of making sure I know this business, making sure I can carry my own personal weight. Um, And I think it was something he knew that uh, I, I was good at it, was passionate about it. And ever since, of course, any chance he can, he helps me and I uh, and I love that. And also what I think is very unique is, you know, when he started on this side of the business um, and was doing a lot on the marketing front, it's differentiated so much over the last 15 years. I can 10, only 10, imagine. 15 years. It's such a new ball game. So what I think is also cool, um, I think I've also been able to assist him in understanding the new market and bringing different value to his clients that may be retired and he wants to do more and amplify their personal brands. I think because of what we have access-wise now from you know, all these social platforms, digital marketing, affiliate marketing, analytics, um, and where that is and why you know, it, it's not as easy as, hey, I'm a football player, you, know, you should have your brand endorse me and you know, tap me as an exclusive ambassador. There's so much more competition now because you have these affiliates that are going to work on a commission structure. You have influencers that have micro-targeted demographics, fitness, automotive, apparel, you know, uh, clothing, et cetera, et cetera, all these different industries. So there's a lot more competition there. So you've got to really know, you got to be creative. you got to be able to bring in different components that most people aren't bringing in now. So I think that's also been nice that I get to show him some of the nuances and the millennial thoughts that come into today. Yes, because it's not just going to the Pro Bowl. That sounds fun. No, that sounds nice, but <laughs> there's a big grind. Very right? different. <laughs> a lot more to it. A lot more. A lot more to it. The traveling component. You know, being on the road late nights. You know, it's not a normal nine to five. Uh, that doesn't mean that you know I work eighteen hour days every day. But there's plenty of days that I'm I'm taking calls at ten, eleven o'clock at night, and it's something that from a family perspective that. Your, your family has to be very uh, aware and open to knowing what they're signing up for because it's, it's, a, it's a very different industry. A lot of, I don't take it away from anybody because a, a lot of industries, I think in 2019, are unique with that component that it's not just your typical nine to five, but this is a whole new ballgame. Yeah. And what, what it offers and what it brings. I'm a firm believer in what I call. You don't work to a time. Mm-hmm. You work to a standard. And well sometimes that standard is working till midnight. Right. Sometimes that standard might be hey, you're done at 11 o'clock exactly. in the morning one day. Right. You know, but it's, again, you're working to the standard, that quality that you're putting out there. Absolutely. And I know you've been obviously working on that. So when did it hit you then that you wanted to have your own agency and start i mean you're building a company yeah it, it's been it's been incredible over the last year year and a half um you know i i took the necessary steps and i learned i i give credit where it's due all the time and i'm the type of person and I, you know i really appreciate people along the way whether you know not all relationships work out right in business so 
Sometimes you can look back, reflect and say, you know what, even though it didn't work out, still appreciate the opportunity and the time spent and what you learned. Um, and you know, some people I learned from, uh, on how to really sell. Cause again, it's, it's not just, it's not just the creativity. You got to add different components to it. Right. So being able to understand the sports business and then sell it and how I learned that from one of my mentors back, you know, six, seven years ago and change or, um, you know, the opportunity with the, the business I, I worked at prior to starting max management, um, and learning different initiatives and being to, um, leverage that into what you're doing and how you want to build your company. And that's been a major thing. And I knew, I would say at the end of my tenure there, as much as, you know, I was looking into other opportunities with larger agencies, right? Whether it was going to be as a marketing coordinator or an executive assistant, a, you know, a, a director of partnerships, director of client management, whatever those opportunities that I was viewing had between my father recommending it to me and me seeing the opportunity at hand, I knew in this business, you're better off uh, for the most part, um, being on your own, being in your business, in your own business. I don't take anything away of, you know, getting an opportunity to work under some of these, we'll say, uh, some of the guys that are um, pioneers to the industry and what they've been able to do. Of course, the value in that is remarkable, but how many situations are you in where year over year, you got to prove your worth, you got to do X, you got to do Y. And, man, and a lot of the times it's not going to be very beneficial to your skill set or be beneficial to what you're trying to do. And being able to kind of see the industry and that outlook, I knew that I had a unique opportunity and run with it. The worst case was, God forbid it doesn't work out, you can always go work for somebody else. But to not take that chance with the resources and the, um, again, the opportunity at hand was something I just wasn't willing to pass up. Have you always felt that you're a risk taker? I think so. I, I try and be, I try and flirt with the line of uh, being. Yeah, you know, so it's calculated risk. Yes, calculated right? risk. Well said. Uh, you, you don't want to be too out of control where you're just, you know, doing whatever, whenever without having true thought process behind it. But at the same time, especially in a business that I knew and what I, what I already felt like could be accomplished, it was worth the calculated risk of trying to start this business. Did you ever have people tell you, you're crazy, you can't do this? I think everybody, I think a lot of people maybe- Or at least, at least question. I, I think uh, people definitely questioned it to an extent, but a lot of people who knew me and anybody, anybody's opinions I valued. Um, and again, I, I don't want to hear, don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me what is, what is relevant to the conversation that is really essential that I understand. Mm -hmm. And I think what people had told me actually was given my, uh, given my experience, uh, the, the question mark was still very young. You know, you're in your mid to late twenties, you know, it's running, yeah, you're running, a millennial. running your own company. <laughs> no question. It, it's a big risk, but knowing your passion for it, knowing what you have at your disposal, it's not the craziest thing in the world whatsoever. And, you know, little by little, it became even more apparent that it was going to be the right move for me and it has become the right move for me. And also to me, it's, it's not only about making money, but it's earning respect, whether it's peers in the business, friends, family, and people actually understanding like what I've gone through, 
uh, to build this company and a lot what a lot of people go through to build their own company and which is why as a business owner I respect the hell out of so many people that take a risk sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't thus far I've been on the more fortunate side and I it showed me how much um, determination courage passion goes into this yeah it's, it's not it's easy important. not at all I know. especially and when you're building out a team too it's one thing to Build your own business and create opportunity. It's a whole nother thing then to manage a team and cultivate different uh, relationships internally and be able to structure it accordingly and uh, kind of handle all those logistics. And that's something else that I've really been able to understand over the last few months or well, a few years. Well, there, yeah, there's more to it when you have other people involved than just yourself. Correct. Because it's not to me. Even in an in, in industry that so much could be done by me personally, how can I scale from there? What, how do I elevate from there if I'm, if I'm looking and thinking that this is going to be me and me only? It's not realistic. What do you remember as far as when you started? What was your first big win that you felt, ah, that, that was a great sense of accomplishment, what we just did? It's a great question. You know, I think... <laughs> Because so often it's like every day you're, you're, you're moving forward. You're trying to provide value to your clients. You're trying to go after other clients. You're trying to go after new opportunities. It's sometimes you don't even sit there and realize like even from a smaller accomplishment standpoint, just, uh, just minor things that go a long way for guys, whether it, not only just from a deal perspective, but you know, from, for what I do for my guys, but being able to set them up with different opportunities that they, that they were looking for, like getting client, uh, getting a client when we first started courtside to an NBA finals game and getting it for free because of my relationships and knowing like, you know what, that's, that's a real deal. You know, that's not only value to the, but like, that's a big look or being able to be in, in a room with uh, high level corporate business, uh, you know, businessmen who offer different things or, a lot of these things I can reflect from like last summer, late in last spring and, and being able to look at it and be like, you know what, it's, even though it's not, it didn't bring the company, you know, a, a $20,000 commission, it's a big time move for the client. It's a big time opportunity. It's a big door open. I just opened for a client. Um, and also, you know, signing, signing other guys. I think when I left my old company and I had certain clients join me, um, I had so much respect for those guys because it showed they believed in me. And that's why to me, from a relationship standpoint, I do anything for my guys because the guys who left and uh, voluntarily left and wanted to join me in what I was doing and believing in what I was building and believing in who I was as a person and as a manager and as a, more, as a rep, it, it, it showed me a lot. And it also gave me the confidence to be like, you know what? Just because I'm starting this company off from ground up, I'm still a big deal. And as much as you always want to remain humble and that's essential, you do need confidence. In you this have game. to have confidence. You have to have it in this yeah. game or else you get chewed up. And I think I was able to elevate my confidence, my persona, and what I was trying to do uh, in a pretty quick and effective manner. Well, and I think the other side of that, within sales, I firmly believe that people buy from people that they believe in, mm -hmm. they trust, and they like. No question. So obviously, some of these guys that moved over with you, they 
weren't sold on necessarily services you were providing. Right. It was more on, they were sold on Me as Max. Me as yes. a human. And that, and that essential. And that, that carries over. Really has carried over. And I think, I think it also has strengthened the relationships that I had with those guys, as well as, uh, you know, a different approach that I, I've taken when signing new guys. And beyond just signing guys, it's, uh, you know, I think a big, big thing for me and what I'm so uh, excited about and I think what's been so unique is it's not only what I'm doing for our clients, but it's it's the opportunities we've had with other athletes, whether they're rep by other people um, or just uh, in the relationships we have with brands, businesses, uh, business owners, whatever the, the case is going to be, we've been able to bring unique high-level opportunities to other talent. So from a standpoint of where the company is where the company has grown and you know you view it like wow we're doing we're doing these sort of deals for you know these sort of people it's exciting and again i don't devalue any of my clients no matter who they are no matter where they stand on a, on an nfl roster but at the same time yes from a realistic perspective of course there's certain names that are just going to be bigger and more attractive uh than others for opportunities and i think being able to uh say what say we've done deals or formulated deals with certain guys, it's pretty remarkable in, in a uh, you know, 15 to 18 month period. And it seems like it's just beginning when you sign a guy. Right. Right. That, that's not the end goal. Right. <laughs> and the one thing I always say, and the one thing I always learn when you sign the guy, it's, it's great. You know, be happy. But now the real work is beginning. Correct. Because it's not signing, it's maintaining. It's maintaining these guys. And that's why on a daily basis, what value am I providing that other people are not? And that's why another thing is I think the general, um, the whole marketing, um, we'll say landscape has really shifted in my eyes. Because if you're just offering marketing endorsements to me, uh, A, you got to really be targeting high level athletes because of the sort of time that it goes in and you know what you can earn. But it's more so offering other services that are invaluable uh, or um, I apologize, more uh, indisposable to others than what your uh, competitors are offering. So for us, being able to handle more for our clients than just marketing endorsements is also a big reason I think we've been able to enhance our business in such a timely manner. What keeps you up at night? For your business? Maybe not accomplishing thing. Maybe it, it's, you know, not being able to, you know, it's a unique question. I want to answer it the right way. I think what may keep me up at night sometimes is, um, again, we have such a versatile list of guys. We really do. And there's always competition out there, right? There's always going to be somebody who has other relationships. There's always going to be somebody that has a bigger name client than you. Uh, I think for me, it's the fact that I have so much and I can bring so much. And it's like, you know, when you land that blue chip guy and you land that talent that changes the game. And again, like I said to you, from a perspective of my current clients, I love, I can name every single one of them and I love them all and I would do anything for them and they know I bust my push every day to enhance their off the field career. But at the same time, realistically, yeah, when you land a certain caliber player and you're able to bring certain level of opportunities to that guy, like anything else, it changes the perspective. 
And I think for me, having certain relationships that it's like, hey, if I had this guy, I had this, you know, this level of a guy, what I can do for my business. And again, what that does, I think it benefits my entire clientele because if you're able to bring player X, you know, uh, an opportunity and you start building a relationship, like that company is going to let you bring in maybe some pieces they don't view as, as, as substantial, but guys that are growing into their own and guys that could get to that level. And that's why to me, the relationships are so key across the board no matter where it is in the business, whether it's on, like I said, the marketing side, endorsement, on the media PR side, on the, uh, you know, on the business venture side, um, and, and making sure that top to bottom, you know, some, even some of these financial advisors that I do business with and uh, that my cl- I have set my clients up with and the doors they've opened from other businesses. And it's, it's like anything else, it's a snowball effect. Of dominoes. course, and all boats rise with a high tide. So well that, that is applicable for your standpoint as well. What about just, you mentioned your dad was a mentor and mm-hmm. you had some other guys. <clears throat> so are there any type of words of wisdom, phrases, mottos, quotes, or just life advice that you've been able to lean on um, throughout your life and early yeah. on in this career of building a company. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if there's so much, definitely quotes and, you know, things that I've, I've really taken a hold to. And, you know, obviously, and a lot of it's, a lot of it's like, you know, humanity one-on-one and common sense wise, like don't talk too much. You got to listen. You got to take in information. Um, don't be the smartest guy in the room. You don't need to be. You offer your opinion, you offer your value, but you don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. Um, obviously I'm big, I'm very, very big when it comes to mannerisms and mutual respect, uh, giving people the time of day, no matter who it is, even if it's something like, even when I get inquiries that may not be anything remotely that is going to happen, it's still taking time to answer emails so people don't feel slighted and don't sit there and say, you know what? I sent max management an email. Uh, for a client and he never got back to me. And then, you know, that, that, that guy in that company, screw them. So I think it's being able to do things the right way. Um, and like I said, even when I'm doing deals for other talent or opportunities come to me for other talent, it's again, doing it the right way. Instead of going behind a representative's back, I want to go through their, their rep. I want to build, uh, you know, mutually beneficial relationships with those guys. Um, and, and that's how, you sustain a book of business and from a standpoint of other mentors and uh, from that sales side, it was something where you learn how to talk you learn how to conduct yourself. And even for me, being, a, being around it, there was just certain people that I, I really paid attention to. I'm like, wow, this guy maneuvers the right way. Mm-hmm. This guy knows how to carry himself. You know, he goes in front of somebody, he knows how to finesse, he knows how to take care of things. And, um, that's why for me, relationships are everything. And a lot of people joke around, like I have a guy, a relationship or a plug or a finesse for everything in life because I've been <laughs> able to handle and conduct myself in the right way where I think people are open and happy to you know, have a relationship with me or do business with me. And you've been around sports, as we've talked about of course. your whole life. Why do you think people gravitate towards sports and just value sports so much, especially in America. Yeah, I think, especially football firsthand. Yes. I think the NFL 
That's why when a lot of people are like, oh, the NFL is, is going downhill, it's not remotely. It's still America's sport. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I, I think there's just a, a persona, and even, even guys that are, a lot of times you see financial advisors or um, financial institutions activating sports talent to have them come around and, and be a part of parties and events. And a lot of these people just thoroughly enjoy being around athletes. Um, obviously, musicians and entertainers are incredible. Everybody's got their own unique twist to it, but there's just something about NFL sports athletes in general. It's not just it's all all the major sports. Obviously, I think yeah, the NFL more so than anything else um, gives them a rush, gives them something, makes them feel more important, makes them feel higher level, makes them feel a, a sense of um, you know, I guess a sense of unique charisma that they're around these sort of these sort of people yeah. and it's people that they admire just from what they can do on an athletic field or a court and, and that's why like i said even from a standpoint of my business i love watching these guys they're freak athletes it's like damn how, how in god's name are you able to do some <laughs> of these things like how do you run like that how do, how do you catch like that how do you tackle like that you know how do you, watching, even I remember I had one of my guys here about a month ago. We were out and we were just chopping it up about, you know, X's and O's. And a lot of times I don't love doing that because it's it's so cookie cutter. A lot of questions they get asked. But yeah, certain guys, when, they're, when you got a certain, um, maybe a certain question in mind and hearing it from them and kind of breaking that down. And being able to see, you know, what they see on the field, it's like, wow, that's like, cool. It's because it's completely different completely from different. their vision. No question. Right. Compared to a fan standpoint. Yeah. Well, Very. Max, I think it's fascinating just seeing something being built. Uh, obviously, I, I have a similar type of feeling just in of terms of this podcast. Of you know, started two years Which ago. Is incredible. Especially, again, the sort of guys you've had on the podcast and I think what you have done with it, what you've explained to me and kind of the differentiating factors of that is something that uh, that to me is it's undeniable. It's amazing. And that's why I think you and I are really on the same page, speak the well, same language. I greatly appreciate that. And I, I definitely feel that we have a, a lot of the same values and uh, wanting to build legacies. No question. And that's part it's of important. it. And I greatly appreciate you letting me be a part of thank you. this journey of yours. So thank, thank you, you so for much. Time. And I'm looking forward to growing with you. Beautiful. Thank you again. Thank you, Max. You. Thank you. One thing certain in life is that if you want to be truly successful in really any aspect of your life, you can't expect things to be given to you. There is truly this aspect that you have to earn it. And just because someone in your life might help you in your journey, at the end of the day, you're still responsible for creating your own path, as Max is doing with his own agency, Max Management. But creating that path also doesn't happen without balancing your own confidence and humility. Now that finishes episode 115, and more of our content can be found by visiting our Rich Take on Sports YouTube channel. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 